Hey guys, welcome back to the Grant Mint Podcast, episode two, choosing the right vehicle and being decisive in business. And this is a super important topic that I don't think enough people cover. And I think it's one of the most instrumental things that you can do, adapt and change um, so you can be in the right vehicle to be successful. And I see this really all the time. And I can tell you this, um, just seeing a lot of people coming out of college right now, coming out of high school, and they're really trying to figure out what they want to do in life what type of career they want to be in and they got to really figure out like what direction they want to go. And what I mean by choosing the right vehicle is this. Let's use a simple reference. So let's say that we were going to have a race tomorrow and you had to pick the vehicle that was going to give you the absolute best opportunity to win the race. Now let's say you have two people, person A and person B. Now let's say person A is clearly extremely talented right? Let's say they are one of the best race car drivers in the entire country. But when they're looking at all the options, all the vehicles that they could get in, they hop in a, you know, two or 300 horsepower car that is decently fast at best. And then let's take person B and let's say that they're looking around and they hop in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, but their driving skills are average at best. Who do you think is going to win that race? Obviously the person in the Lamborghini, right? And that is exactly how you need to look at picking your career, picking what sector, picking what industry you're going to be in before you think about all these goals and dreams and all these other things. You first have to pick the vehicle. Now, there's a quote by Steve Jobs that says, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them going back. So looking forward and we're looking up at like what we want to do over the next five to 10 years If you look too deep and you look too far, it kind of gets a little, number one, it gets scary. And two, it can get kind of confusing because no matter how smart you are, you never really know what's going to happen. But the best thing that you can ever do is choose the correct vehicle, all right? So I want to give you a story on this and then we're going to dive deeper about, you know, this and being more decisive. So when I was coming back from New York, if you know anything about my story, I was playing football in Brooklyn. And I'd only gotten some small offers and I realized obviously football wasn't going to work out, but I was really wanting to go all in in business. I knew I could do it. Um, I had sales experience. I, I knew that I could be effective at it. But I, like I said I, in the prior episode is I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any um, mentorship at the time. And so I really didn't know what to take it. So the, what I did is this, all right, I had this whole thing lined up to work for this consulting firm. And all these great opportunities and, and good potential to move up and end up starting my own thing. And just so happened that same year before I'd actually moved back to Houston, Hurricane Harvey hit. The company I was going to work for almost essentially went under and they ended up having to move to Austin. So by the time I got back to Houston in January of 2019, I was going to go live with my mom. I was going to sleep on her couch essentially and just grind it out, save up money and eventually get an apartment. I get back to Houston. Next thing you know, the company, like I find this out, the company's moving to Austin, which I couldn't move there. I didn't have any money saved up for anything like that. It would have been a big risk knowing I probably wasn't going to make that much up front. And I was also going to go to University of Houston and two things happened. And this was a start to kind of give you guys a little peace of mind if you're stressed about anything. So I get back right from New York and I go to orientation for University of Houston. 
and you know big orientation big day you know they're celebrating everyone. all these new students are here and you're you're going through meeting all these people and all that good stuff next thing you know we finally meet with our personal counselors for for like your your name right so like anybody from like n and m or whatever uh, those last names they meet with a certain counselor and right when i walked in this counselor said what's your name and i said my name's grant middle and she goes Oh man. All right. I got to talk to you after this. And I was like, what the heck? Why is this lady? How does she already know who I am? You know, I was like, did I do something wrong to this lady? I, do I know her from somewhere? And so I'm sitting there and she's explaining all these classes and this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh man, what's going on? So she comes up after me and she goes, okay, Grant, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, cool. What's up? And she goes, so on paper, you are pretty much in your freshman year of, or excuse me, your, your first semester of your senior year, right? But at U of H, none of your credits transferred at all. So at U of H, you're really halfway through your freshman year of college. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I didn't want to like be the bearer of bad news or anything, but literally grant none of your credits transferred. Now, there's appeal process where you can actually combine multiple classes and appeal it to the U of H board at, at the business school and hope that they can accept some of it. But my recommendation since you know school starts in literally a week or two, I would start filling out all the paperwork to appeal so you can at least get some of these classes approved and then just start doing the, the right classes and we can come up for a plan as soon as possible. And I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there thinking like, Holy cow, I just moved all the way back to Houston. I gave up opportunities to play football that would have been paid for, where at least I know my credits would have transferred. And now I just moved back to Houston. The company I was going to work for went under and moved to a different city. I'm broke. I'm sleeping on my mom's couch. And now the school that I just went to that I thought would be like a perfect commuter school where I could work and finish my degree I just got there on day one and found out absolutely no credits transferred and I'm basically screwed and I'm a freshman again. And this is coming from a person that does not, does not like school whatsoever. So I'm sitting there like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Talk about stress, right? And throughout this process, I was just really, really, really just, I was stressed. Um, honestly, I was freaking out. And I didn't know what to do next. No one was giving me guidance. The best advice I got was just, you're going to work the rest of your life, Grant. Focus on school, this, that, and the other. And I kept hearing that. But deep down in my gut, I was like, that is wrong advice. And I'm not sitting here telling people not to go to college or something like that. I'll eventually dive deeper in that. And that's a whole different episode. But for me, being entrepreneurial, I knew I didn't necessarily need it. But at the same time, I was in a rough situation. You know, it to be almost, you know, I was 22 going on 23, sleeping on your mom's couch. I got no job and I just found out I'm a freshman instead of senior is not a fun day. So what I did is this, I started listening to tons of different stuff on YouTube and podcasts and reading books every day. And the first thing came to mind is I need to make money. That's the only thing I thought. And I was like, I need to make money. I need to find something that if I can get in this certain type of business, whatever that may be, if I execute and I make something happen, I can make $100,000 this year, save up almost all of my income that I make, 
and move to Houston and get like a high rise downtown. That was my goal. Maybe even consider it a dream. It was pretty far out at the time because I was super broke. I think I probably had like a few hundred bucks probably. So first things first, I'm like, how do I make money? How do I make money? How do I make money? I'm thinking this nonstop. And I was like, let's start Ubering. So what I did is I immediately got approved for Uber Eats and Uber to drive around. And I was like, I need cash flow. I need cash flow. I need to make, you know, I heard that they can make like 800 to 1200 bucks a week. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome, right? Let's start there. And I was like, while I'm Ubering, I'm going to focus all day long. So 10 hours straight, I'm going to Uber all over Houston. Okay, I'm going to meet as many people as possible. But most importantly, I'm going to get as much money and as much tip money as possible. And then what I'm going to do is anytime I'm not driving, I'm going to start applying for jobs. All right. Now, let's just pause for a second on the story. So remember when I was talking about choosing the correct vehicle and making sure that you're picking the right vehicle that's going to give you the best opportunity to win. This is my same process that I was doing right here. And this is what I figured out. And I'm so thankful that I learned this at that time, because if not, it would have set me back years. I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? I'm in solar and I'm getting in a whole host of different industries. I guys, I, to be clear, I never woke up and one day and had this aspiration or dream to just save the planet. And I just wanted to be in solar. No, I wanted to help people and I wanted to be able to make an impact on the world. Whatever sector of business that could get me there, I was cool with for the most part, as long as it was doing some type of good and it was a good vehicle. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I need to make a hundred grand. What do I do? So I used to live in California to play football. And I remember being out there, this was three or four years prior or so. And I remember being out there and everywhere I went, there was always someone talking about solar. I saw solar ads everywhere. I saw people talking about it. I started seeing houses getting installed. And being from Texas, we never, I mean, we always heard of solar, but it was never feasible or something that made sense or actually, you know, saved people money. But I heard it was taken off. And I remember having multiple conversations with friends and family just over the years prior saying, man, someone's going to do well in solar. You know, there's a good opportunity, this, that, and the other. And so I'm driving around Uber and I'm sitting there thinking about how my life's a disaster right now and I need to figure something out. And I knew I was great in sales. So I knew the best way for me to get a job because I had very little experience was to get an outside sales because they typically hire, they, most good companies do hire obviously good qualified people, but at the same time, they're more motivated to hire people because they need people in sales that maybe work full commission or something like that to drive revenue for the company. So I know that me having a little bit of sales experience, being young and ambitious, I knew if I could get an interview, I'd have a great shot at getting the job. So I started applying. And so I thought, okay, I heard people make a lot of money in solar. Let's see what's in Houston. I searched solar jobs in Houston on Indeed. Next thing you know, I saw three, four companies. And this was really the beginning of solar in, in, in Houston, You know, definitely around in Texas, without a doubt. And I applied to three solar companies. I made my resume look sharp. I made everything look good. Sent it in. Continue to Uber. Right. And I would wake up 930 in the morning or so. I would Uber from then to like 10 to 12 at night. And then anywhere from Thursday to, to Saturday, because everyone would be going out, I would just be Ubering all night long, just getting tips. And I would be applying to these jobs and everything like that. Now, about a week later, I got a call back from a solar company 
next thing you know, I got an interview. Me being in sales before, I did really well in the interview and I got the job and I got the offer. And literally on the ad, it said that you can make anywhere from, you know, 80 to 200 grand a year. So I was like, awesome. If you just give me a shot, I will make it happen. I am positive. Because at this point, I had nothing to lose. And I knew that the most important thing that I needed to do at the time was I just needed to get in a vehicle. I didn't think that I was going to stay in solar as long as I did. But what I did think is if I could first generate revenue, if I could first learn how to really run a team and move up and learn how to play politics and move up in a company and really get true experience, but at the same time, be able to make more than pretty much every 22 or 23 year old, then I knew that would give me a shot. So let's think about this, right? When we're, we're, we're essentially, we're getting in our vehicle to, to choose a race. We don't know what obstacle is going to happen. We don't know if we're going to have an engine failure. We don't know if one of the tires are going to blow. We don't know when and where we're going to need an oil change. We don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you, I would much rather be in a car that's going to get me from point A to point B if I drive it correctly and if I make the right decisions that it will get me there a hell of a lot faster than a car that even if I'm the absolute best won't get me anywhere. And that's what I did. And the story, and, and that's a whole different story, but I was able to move up and, and, and do really well in solar. But the best decision I ever made was first picking the right vehicle. All right. So let's dive deeper in this. Um, just to kind of give you guys a little bit more perspective on this. So let me give you an example. Okay. So let's just give a real world example. Let's take someone that's extremely, extremely intelligent, right? They've always made good grades in school. Um, they've always been in clubs. They've always been top 10, top 15, top 20%, which is fantastic. It means they're very intelligent people. A lot of times people will come out of college and they'll have a whatever degree. And the problem is from like a business perspective, right? Picture yourself as an owner of a company or executive of a company. The scariest jobs to have in a business for any owner is jobs that don't provide revenue to the business. Now, those jobs are extremely important. Um, be fair. We need back-end operations people. We need accountants. We need um, finance people. We need all these different customer service agents. We need these type of people. But just from a sheer numbers perspective, it is overhead to the business. Okay, it's a word for lack of a better word. It's fat. It's something that I got to have on there that if in a perfect world, if I didn't have to pay, of course I wouldn't, but we need them and they're super important, but they're not actively driving revenue to a company. So if we look at just normal companies and unless it's just Apple or Amazon or something like that, but even those guys, it's not much different. These positions only have so much room for growth. Because they're not actively driving revenue. So, well, you know, if you're fantastic at what you do, yeah, of course you deserve to get paid well. But it's going to be very difficult to pay someone the big bucks if they're not actively adding revenue to a company. So this is why I tell all people that you need to find a job, a career, or, you know, a sector in, in, in whatever business you're trying to do that you can get paid for your value. Okay, now what I mean by that is the better that you perform, the more money that you can make. 
So for example, if you're a accountant working for someone, okay, let's say you just work for one company. Let's say you make 65 grand, 70 grand a year. Sure. Can you stay there? Can you be the best day in accountant? Maybe move up for sure. But you're limited massively because you're not actively driving revenue to the business. Now, if you had your own accountant firm or you did freelance accounting, then you could have multiple uh, array of people that are on your team and you could help multiple different companies where the more companies you help and the more other accountants that you bring business to, you can make more money. Then you would be getting paid for your revenue. Okay. For, or excuse me, for your value. And that's a small tweak that could give you an unbelievably more amount of potential income growth, right? Or for example, getting in real estate or working, for example, like in sales on on my solar teams, our sales reps are making anywhere from three to six grand per deal and they're making fantastic money. So those guys know that if they execute, they do high volume of sales, they, they move into leadership roles, they have an unlimited tapped income potential with one of the best companies in the country backing them. So that gives every single person that's working for, for example, my company in this sense, an opportunity to do very well successfully and financially. So it takes choosing the right vehicle, right? And lastly, what I want to follow up with choosing the right vehicle is being decisive, right? And this is so important. And I had this really, really good quarterback coach and he had coached with Nick Saban. He would coached uh, Michigan State. He coached all these different places. So he's, he'd worked with all these different quarterbacks and, and teams and offenses that are really successful. And one thing that he always said stuck with me and it said, Grant, it's better to be decisive than right. And I said, why? And he said, you're not always going to make, make the right read. But if the defense is constantly reacting to your decisions and you're getting the ball out so quick that they can't even react to it, even if you mess up, you can still be effective. And that made so much sense. So let's think about this, right? Back to my story when I was trying to figure out what the heck I need to do since I'm an Uber driver and I'm sleeping on my mom's couch with no money and I'm trying to pick the right vehicle. A lot of people just got out of college or maybe they're in a career that they don't really love and they want some more opportunity, but they're really just debating on their decision and they're asking all these people for advice. They're trying to figure out what to do next. And I get it. It is a stressful situation, especially when a lot's on the line and you have family to take care of and you got bills to pay and I completely get it. But you never know if you're going to be right making your decision to start the business, take the job, change the career. You don't know if you're going to make the right decision until you make it. And it's better to make the wrong decision than make no decision at all. And let me give you an example why. So if person A is, let's say you take, excuse me, let's say person A and person B sitting there, right? Now, let's say that person A is trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. They just got a business degree, but then they maybe want to become a lawyer or something, right? But they, they, they kind of want to wait to go to law school, this, that, and the other. But instead, person A applies to all these different jobs. They think about it. They hesitate. They think about it. They hesitate. They get a job offer. They don't know what to do. They wait. They wait. They wait. Then they pull out the offer. They get another offer, right? They don't know what to do there. And then another one. And then all of a sudden, three to four months pass and they haven't even made a decision yet. And then they finally make the decision. 
right, to some company or whatever the case may be, and it doesn't work out. Now they're back to square one. Now let's take person B. They're in that same exact situation. They're trying to decide if they want to go to law school or if they want to take a job in business and go that route. But instead, person B looks at every situation, applies for a million and one jobs because they have absolutely nothing to lose and they just want to have options. They get the first offer and it's fantastic, but they're a little hesitant about it, but they know they have good income potential and they take the job. Knowing that they could literally quit that job within a week and have another opportunity probably in the next two to three weeks right after that. So instead, person B gets the job. It doesn't work out. It's not a good fit. They part ways within three weeks. They get another job. That doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, the third job they get, and it works out, and it becomes an unbelievable success. And person A still hasn't even made a real decision yet. And when they finally made a decision after person B had already had a successful job after failing twice, person A still has not been successful. And this person, to be fair, may have been better than the other one. They may have been more talented, but they didn't have the right instincts and they didn't have the guts to pull the trigger and being okay that they didn't make the right decision. No matter what stage of life you're in, you have to be willing to fail. Now, being willing to fail doesn't mean you make dumb decisions. It doesn't mean that you just roll the dice and say yellow and hope something happens. I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm telling you to do is assess every situation. Look at the pros, look at the cons, look at where do you want to be? What does your lifestyle look like four to five years from now? What type of life would you live? What type of car would you drive? What type of business would you be in? How much money would you be making? And does that opportunity that's in front of you or that you have created align with that vision? Or at least does it give you a good starting point to potentially still get there? And if the answer is yes, pull the trigger and be 100% okay if you completely fail and it is a disaster, knowing that you'll be able to pivot, find another opportunity, and have perfect sleep at night knowing that you made a decisive decision and you gave it a shot. Because the best leaders and the people that make the most money in the world are not just right more times than others. They're willing to make the difficult decisions that nobody else is willing to make. They're willing when faced with pressure, when they have lives on the line, when they have employees to to look over to make sure that they can hit payroll and and, and cover the expenses and make sure they they get paid on time and everything like that. And all the immense pressure that you get with, with being a leader in business. They have all those same pressures but they make decisions. You never know if you're going to be right. But the worst thing that you can ever do is do nothing at all. And when you practice on making decisions and listening to your own gut, and this this comes with listening to me. Take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Take it, process the information. But at the end of the day, trust your instincts and do what's right for you. And be okay if you fail and make the decision. Because when you constantly practice at making decisive decisions and moving forward towards something and being 100% okay with failing, that's when your decision-making skills improve. That's when you eventually get better results. You definitely get more experience because you're out out there trying more things. 
but then you end up getting a much better end result. And it's that simple. So this week, guys, what I want you to work on um, until obviously episode three is I want you to focus on making decisive decisions and picking the right vehicle. And I want everyone to really think about after this episode, I want you to sit back and think, what vehicle am I in right now? If I was in a race versus all these different people, did I pick the right decision? If you didn't, it's completely fine. Accept that. And I want you to find a better vehicle that can get you to where you want to be. And I want you to never care if you mess up or you make the wrong decision, because I promise you consistently being decisive and being okay with messing up will get you to the desired goal that you want. So thank you guys. I appreciate all the support. Um, thank you guys for all the great feedback and everything from episode one. I hope you guys enjoyed episode two. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review so we can get good feedback and continue to grow the channel. Also, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Grant Mitt. And always, if you guys message me on there, um, I'll reply to as many uh, messages as possible to, to help you guys out personally as best as I can. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Thanks and talk to you soon. See you next week for episode three.